Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May, who's back with the living this week after having a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a sickness last week that held him out, but he's uh, he's back with us this week. So, Jed, uh, glad to have you back on the show, man, and excited to talk some uh, UGA football recruiting. Yeah, to all those who questioned the legitimacy of my illness last week, going to bed at eight o'clock, uh, it doesn't lie for anybody. So. Uh, but yeah, glad to be back. There's a lot of stuff going on. We had 2024 uh, five stars released today. We had obviously the the amazing combine performance of these guys last weekend. So lots to talk about. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely very busy. And, you know, we can start right there. Jed, you know, they say every everything points back to recruiting, right? Especially with Kirby Smart. Uh, everything is is aimed towards recruiting. You have to think that with the unprecedented performance that just went down in Indianapolis that Kirby Smart's having a field day just calling up these recruits and pointing to what just went down over there. Yeah, and it's from you look at it, every aspect of this program, you've got what George Pickens did as a testament to the medical staff. You've got what Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt did as a testament to to how these coaches can develop guys. And you've got the 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 top end guys that came in as five stars doing what they did. I mean every aspect of this program I mean, how many times have you seen it on Blaine on on Twitter, Blaine, over the past few days that the combine was like a Georgia football infomercial? You know, over those those three or four days in Indianapolis. So, it the was, amount of free marketing I mean, that they got. I mean, you yeah. can't buy that kind of marketing. Like, yeah, I mean, because we were talking about it before we before we came on uh, came on the air. There weren't really any visitors in Athens this weekend. Um, you know, other schools had their big junior days, but the amount of publicity that Georgia got from what those guys did at the combine is almost just as good as as being able to show off the facilities and campus in person. So I've got a couple, you know, stories coming out this week, and I won't mention a name right here. I'll hold it off. But a big time recruit was up at uh, Tennessee <laughs> this weekend when Jordan Davis's forty time came across the wire, and all these notifications start coming in. He said, "There they are in Tennessee." And no one's talking about Tennessee. Everybody's talking about Jordan Davis's 40 time up in Knoxville. And you know, those coaches up at Rocky Top just had to love that. Be like, well, dad gum, man. Now they're, they're all talking about catch a break. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so Georgia was recruiting guys and they weren't even, they didn't even have them on campus. They were just recruiting them through Jordan Davis's 40 time. So um, things like that, Trevon Walker, people, you know, the, the edge is is because become so important the quarterback position is extremely important in college football today but those edge rushers and the guys that neutralize the quarterbacks may be the second most important on the field and you know seeing a guy like Trevon Walker be able to maybe solidify himself as a top five pick by running a four five nine at uh 272 pounds Jed that has to just give some ammunition to to Georgia to say, hey, if you're a guy who wants to, you know, your goal is to be in the league and be a, a high first-round draft pick, look at what we're able to do with guys like like Trevon Walker and 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 things like that. So, I mean, just impressive overall, the, those performances. Yeah, well, it shows that when the coaches are in these guys' houses or, you know, they're not there yet with the 23 kids, but when they're giving these pitches – it's not just smoke, you know, you can look at and say, Hey, we think you could be, I mean, take uh, to Marion Parker as an example out of Alabama, you know, but they can pitch to him. Hey, we see you as a Nolan Smith type. We can do this. And then he can say, Hey, we took Trayvon Walker and 
turned into, into a guy who ran faster than, than a lot of running backs and receivers at this combine. You know, it's we took Jordan Davis, this kid out of Charlotte that, that wasn't very highly recruited and turned in into the, the talk of the combine. You know, I mean, it's it's amazing what the staff has done with those guys. I think that's what's really going to be the 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 lasting message, I guess, in this um, out of this combine is what the staff did with these lesser recruited guys. I mean, think Sean Washington. What's Sean Washington got to be thinking right now when, you know, he was a, a not a, a super highly recruited guy out of high school, right? Signs with Georgia. He sees Jordan Davis develop into a first round pick and do that at the combine. He's like, hey, why can't that be me in three or four years? Absolutely. And guys that that are keenly tuned into this, you know, the, the state of Alabama is – heavily heavily populated with georgia targets this this cycle uh jed when it comes to tony mitchell uh to marion parker that you just mentioned quay russell james smith all of these guys are right there you know just just across the the state line over there in alabama and they're all guys who are really really athletic guys who have already in high school, those NFL aspirations clear in their mind. And when they see those type of performances and things like that, you know that it's just another bullet that that Kirby Smart and company uh, can use. Even a guy like even guy like Zamir White, you talked about mm-hmm. you talked about the 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 staff with with George Piggins, the the training staff, the strength and conditioning staff, all that kind of stuff, the medical staff. Think of it what a testament it is for Zamir White, who just went and put a four four forty four four flat down after two ACL tears, two rehabs there at Georgia. Uh, I just think that speaks volumes to the kind of care and and the the kind of uh, rehab abilities and things like that that Georgia is able to invest into their athletes. And it's amazing because even coming out of high school, and, and Blaine, you've done this longer than I have, so correct me if I'm wrong. But even coming out of high school. Zamir didn't really seem like he was known as a blazer to begin with, right? And then he he tears his ACL his senior year of high school, tears the ACL his freshman year in Athens. And then a couple of years later, like you said, he's got one of the top 40 times at the combine on top of his physical stature and ability to break tackles and all that kind of stuff. So it's amazing, just like we've talked about, the ability to develop these guys into combine freaks, A, but also guys that are going to get it done on the field. Yeah, and and when you talk about four four flat for a running back, that's 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 not that's not some like okay, well he he's a pretty fast. That's that's right. flying in the NFL for a running back, especially right. a guy with the stature of Zamir White. And and you know, shockingly enough, he outran James Cook, who people right. people always thought you know they used the thunder and lightning cliche. Well, Cook was always the the lightning, mm-hmm. right? And and thunder outran the lightning this time, so. You know, I mean, I thought it was uh, very interesting to to see how all that went down. Um, you know, we appreciate everybody being here, logged in. If you could do us a favor real quick, go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you hadn't already. We really appreciate that. That helps us out. Hit the hit the like button, thumbs up while you're in here. We're going to get to some vault questions here in a minute. But, uh, Jed, any guys that you reached out to specifically uh, that, that you got opinions from of how, uh, you know, the, the combine – uh, how how they viewed the combine and, and Georgia's success in it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned um, talking to your prospect, Quentin Tennessee. I texted Daniel Calhoun this morning for a, a different reason because he was one of the uh, the guys named a, a five-star for 2024. But I said, hey, while we're here, you know, what did you think of the combine? And he said, that was crazy. I didn't expect that from them. I asked him what stood out the most. And to no one's surprise, he said, Jordan Davis is 40 time. He texted back 4.8 with about three exclamation points after it. And that just pretty much 
sums up everybody's thoughts because Daniel Calhoun, I mean, he's a he's a sophomore. Um, he wasn't school. even giving Jordan Davis the four uh, the the full compliment there. He's right, four four seven eight. <laughs> but I mean, Calhoun's a guy that's similar ish in size um to Jordan Davis. He was a big, tall guy. He's very big as an offensive tackle. Um, so he's a guy that you see that kind of speed, and obviously, that's a long way down the line. Daniel Calhoun, offensive lineman. I don't know how much it even matters for for those guys as much as the 10 yard split anyway, but yeah, more than more of the 10 yard split. Right. Yeah. This goes to show what this st- coaching staff can turn these guys into um, that the, the message that they pitch you of, Hey, we're going to turn you into this. We're going to turn you into this. It They've got the results to really point to it both in the combine and obviously what the team did on the field um, a couple months ago in that same stadium. I mean, just the, the, the sheer mass of humanity of Jordan Davis moving at that, that rate. Uh, yeah. It boggles my mind, honestly. Like people, yeah. people think of the uh, how elusive players. You know, let's use the Kansas City Chiefs for example. Patrick Mahomes, he can he can make people miss. He moves around well. He ran a slower forty time than than Jordan Davis. They look at you know you look at uh, Travis Kelsey. He wasn't that much faster than 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 Jordan Davis. Uh, Jordan Davis has an opportunity. He made himself a lot of money uh, that weekend, oh. and in turn, in turn that that. Like I said, it keeps pointing back to recruiting. I think that's just going to be more and more stuff that for the next month now. It's not just the combine. Once they dom- once Georgia does what they did at the combine right there with, with those guys, now that's going to be rolling all the way to the draft in, what, April, early April. And yep. if you have on that draft night, now that they've separated out into the three different days, Jed, that first round's all about that that, that the first round's its own night. Georgia could have six guys drafted in the first round. And you talk about an infomercial, it'll be an infomercial on steroids if that happens. And all those guys are going to be saying, man, Georgia development. It's the, the guys said the same thing in their combat interviews. Georgia prepares you for the league. We practice like an NFL team. We train like an NFL team. Think about Lewis Seen. Lewis Seen's a guy, he was probably, what, third round prospect, maybe? I mean, I'm not, I'm not super tuned into mock drafts. He goes out there and runs a 4.37 and broad jumps a little over 11 feet. Like, where? Did that come from, right? And then now he's a guy that that could work his way, you know, into the bottom half of that first round. I mean, there's, I mean, he's a guy that half of Georgia's defense could go in the first round. I mean, when you put when you put it in terms like that, it's and if, it's, it's crazy. If I'm, uh, you know, the, the Sacred Grove on here on YouTube putting some uh, some some comments up here asking if to see other guys run and talking about Zion Logue, the next project. Here's the thing. If I'm any of those guys that just laid down those 40 times, I'm not running at the nope. at the pro day. I just sit that out. Uh, I may do some do some stuff, you know, things like that. But not, the pro day is not going to be for most most of those guys, in my opinion. Maybe Nicobe Dean has to get out there and run and, and show what he can do. Uh, a lot of those of, guys said they're going to do bench at pro day. A lot of guys said they're going to wait till pro day to do bench press. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's nothing that could. There's nothing that that you're going to improve on when when you laid down times like that. Just let it go. Yeah, and Jamari Sawyer with the 31 reps on the on the bench press too. Uh, so, like I said, that probably Daniel uh, Daniel Calhoun, all those offensive linemen probably interested in that as well. So, uh, a big day. We've talked to – we have pieces coming out on Tamar and Parker, on Jaden Wayne, who across the country. And I'm, I'm going to say right now, Jaden Wayne, uh, who's one of the top edge, uh, edge defenders in the country, and also Tamar and Parker – Two guys that have recently seen their recruitment ratchet up from Georgia, and that's because of one coach, Chidera Uzo Deribe. 
this man has hit the ground running, Jed. He is not he's not coming in here and trying to get his bearings and all this kind of stuff. He was recruiting Jaden Wayne all the way back when he was at uh, you know, TCU for a little bit there. And that has that has uh carried right on through now to 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 Georgia. And then uh Tamarin Parker you know, Robert Muschamp has that that great relationship with him. Will Muschamp's son, who's a quality control uh, coach on Georgia staff, but also now, you know, it was mostly Robert Muschamp early, but now, uh, having spoken to him here recently, it's uh, Uzo Deribe that's really starting to pick things up and, and talk to him, and also Kirby Smart as well. But the more and more I talk to recruits, Jed, the more I hear about Uzo Deribe. Right, and we hear those same words energy passion i mean we when i talked with guys at the under armor camp uh, i didn't get to mention this last week because of my supposed mystery illness but i mean we talked with rico walker who said he has a relationship with uzo deribe um dating back to his previous house we talked with um gabriel harris out of uh, thomas county central said he's talked with uzo he talks with uzo deribe every day they listen to the same music um i mean hunter osborne out of uh, hewitt trustville has is speaking with both trey scott and uzo deribe and he is you said he hit the ground running. He was running when he jumped out of the plane or, or what jumped off the truck to get into Athens. I mean, he has made such an impression on all these top targets. I mean, immediately after getting this job in Athens and, you know, time will tell if it pays off with a, a huge edge haul this class, but it's certainly, um, you can't ask for a much better start than who's at rebase gotten off to so far. Absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this uh, plays out. We're going to answer our vault questions first, as we always do. So if you want these stories that we're putting out, these premium stories on UGA Sports, getting these interviews, seeing what's on the vault message board as we get notes and stuff coming your way, make sure you're subscribing to UGA Sports dot com. Uh, it's 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 something that, that pays for itself if uh, over over just a short amount of time. If you especially with the team coverage at Dash and and Roddy do, uh, you know, Dane and, and Brent with their, their video breakdowns and things that, that, that they do as well. So, um, and then of course, all our recruiting coverage with, with, uh, Jed and myself and Trent Smallwood is not able to be with here with us tonight, but we, we appreciate everybody doing that. And we hope that you'll join if you haven't already, it's been around since 1997, must be doing something right, Jed. I've also been around since 1997, so. Hey, barely, uh, right? Barely. Coincidence or or no, I mean, I'll let y'all be the judge. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) So with no further ado, we will get to our loaded, loaded vault questions here. And we have a stalwart of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. First up, Jed. Mr. Pine Tree 1, how many players do you think we, being Georgia, will, will land, I'm assuming, via the transfer portal? A lot of teams already have double-digit transfers to date. I don't think we need more than a couple, if any. Yeah, I think that before you can put a number, there's there's going to be more attrition that, that mm-hmm. comes out. I think as this as this spring uh, comes and goes, you're going to see Georgia still got some numbers of some guys that that have to exit this program, right? And and, and that's just the way it is. You know, there's no hard feelings and stuff a lot of times it's 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 a business now it runs as a business and guys know that that they're going to have opportunities whether it's through nil or things like that to go be in a better situation somewhere else or maybe the the depth chart and those two things are kind of integrated now jed you can't really get nil money and be 
uh, be marketing yourself if you're not seeing the field, right? And a lot of guys know that. And guys who are buried, I could even see maybe some movement at the running back position uh, mm -hmm. going out. I could see some movement at the quarterback position uh, going out and and also uh, even at the tight end position. So there, there, should, there could be some guys going out. But I think when you talk about what they're going to be bringing in, you know, maybe key positions, uh, getting getting a, a, another guy in the secondary, maybe another guy on the on the edge, a big time a big time wide receiver. What are your thoughts on the the transfer situation? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I think it's going to be more offensive focused. The attrition that's left, we we kind of all looked at the quarterback position, thinking somebody would leave. Maybe not, but but maybe. And tight end is Darnell Washington going to stay or go? You know, who knows? Uh, offensive line and something too when you've got position coaches coming in, obviously Matt Luke is gone. Stacy Serials took over. It's only going to be natural for guys to leave. Um, you know, when there's a position coach change like that, it's just, like you said, it's how the way of the world is. Um, something we've seen with Kirby smart in recent years, he's not going to, you know, this, this question says a lot of teams already have double digit transfers. Kirby start Kirby smart is not going to bring in double digit transfers. Just for the well, sake those, of double digit transfers. Those teams like, too, those teams too, the cupboard was bare. Like Florida and Florida law there was a mass exodus when the Dan Mullen situation went down. They they lost a lot of guys. They had to bring in a lot of transfers. Arkansas, if you're if you're Arkansas and Sam Pittman, you're not gonna out recruit no matter how good you are and how well you're you're not gonna out recruit uh A and M and Alabama and LSU out in the West, right? You're gonna have to be creative and bring guys in the transfer portal. And let me tell you something, nobody I know Lane Kiffin is printing the shirts, right, that say transfer to the SIP. I mean, he's he's doing a great job in bringing it, but nobody, in my opinion, is is utilizing the transfer portal better for his program than Sam Pittman at Arkansas. Absolutely. And and that gets back to what I was saying about Kirby Smart. You know, Arkansas has been needing to bring in a lot of guys. Florida's been needing to bring in a lot of guys. Kirby Smart has enough talent on this roster, obviously, coming off the national championship, that he can be selective. You know, last year, George Pickens goes down. They need a big threat on the outside. You bring in Arik Gilbert. Need help in the secondary. Bring in Darian Kendrick and, and Tyke Smith. Um, oh, so and speaking of Eric Gilbert, you know, Eric, Eric, I don't know. We've we've done that before. Gilbert, speaking of him, uh, one, he's he's like for the third time in his career, got academic student of the of the week for UGA on offense. Mm -hmm. And then and then uh now he he's gonna be a appears to be ready to go for this spring uh gonna be gonna be involved i'm not sure he'll be fully cleared whatever but he's back with the team he's working out um getting him back that's a, that's like getting a huge transfer in itself he's the guy on this on this team with his body and his athleticism that is the closest thing you could possibly bring in to a george pickens there's no there's nothing nothing closer out there absolutely i can't wait for the Zapruder film type analysis that we're going to do when the first you know clip of the first practice comes out and there's like a two second clip of a Reed Gilbert like catching a pass and everyone breaks us like oh man how's he look what's his weight look like we're, so that'll keep us occupied for a few days but no you're right I mean it's like it's like that adage in baseball when teams are looking to add at the trade deadline like well we've got so-and-so coming back from injury in August that's like trading for a guy um the Braves are like that with Travis Darno this year so We'll see how it goes in spring practice, how he slots in. Obviously, Donnie Mitchell, Ladd McConkey, um, Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint are more established at that receiver position. But obviously, Eric Gilbert's got all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of um, you know finding his place in the offense. And 
um, how the coaching staff best utilizes him. Yeah, and and to be to be fair, there's always the the part. It's the the mental aspect of this offense too. At at receiver, there's a lot in this in this offense where the receivers they adjust to the the coverage that the that the that's being played over them. They a lot of side adjustments, hot routes, things like that 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 you have to be able to grasp. I'm not saying that uh, it was a it was a major major problem or that Georgia did not want uh, Jermaine Burton, but there's there's several reports out there that Jermaine Burton had a tough time and and busted quite a bit uh, at, at the receiver posi- position. So and a guy even as talented as him, um, that's that's that can be an issue. So you got to find the guys that are are able to process information, make sure that their assignments are correct. And I think you saw that with how Georgia ended up dispersing things at the receiver position. So that will be an uh, interesting thing uh, going forward. But I could see receiver, uh, outside linebacker, and secondary being where they add some guy, maybe even a big interior defensive lineman. You know, like if it's a guy who's got a lot of experience and things like that because they're going to be fairly young. I know they got uh, Zion Logue and and some others. Sorry, I got a little pop-up there on the computer. Uh, Zion Logue and some some other guys that have been, been around for a while, Warren Brinson. But – even like the big guys on the interior, Bear Alexander, he's going to be missing the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Washington's true freshman a, 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 as well. Uh, and some of these bigger guys, if they could get a more experienced uh, interior guy, big plugger in the middle, that that would be uh, maybe an area of need as well. Depending on what happens at running back too at other schools, uh, running back could al- always be a possibility. All right, PA Dogs, 6'10", Jed. Like. Buddy PA dog. What are your top three players needed for the 2023 class? And he says, I hope, hope I'm attending instead of playing sick. Well, <laughs> I, I spent the weekend working on an excuse. And then, you know, he called me out like that. So, so I'm here now. Appreciate it. I got him a Honing Valley scrapper shirt on. That's almost Pennsylvania. So um, appreciate you watching PA dog playing uh, your top three players needed for the 2023 class. You know, who are you going after hardest? Uh, if you're Kirby smart. I think that you're going to need running back talent tremendously in this in this class because, like I said, there could be attrition in the spring. The likelihood of both Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh coming back, or more than one of them coming back, is not not very high after this season. Uh, one of those guys is probably poised to have a huge year and break out and go to the next level. So I think running backs gonna be huge. I, I'd put Justice Haynes as one, uh, for sure. I think Caleb Downs is a guy that you you gotta you gotta have. You gotta try to keep him in state. I know his brother goes to 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 North Carolina, but he is he's one of Ted and you've seen him play in person, maybe even more than than I, than I have. I've seen a couple games. He's one of the more gifted players, just natural football players that I've seen uh, in a long time. Caleb Downs is. He's so like just natural and fluid back there as safety but he also i mean he is a, a missile coming up he's not i don't think he's as big probably as lewis seen is but he has a similar like beeline to the ball you know when a, when a running back breaks the outside or whatever so i mean he's a guy he came to georgia um on march 1st first day of the contact period i remember he spoke about kirby smart company watching his basketball game on the first day of the january uh contact period open period whatever so um obviously georgia's on him really hard so is Alabama and Ohio State and, you know, North Carolina, obviously. So 
it's going to be tough, but yeah, he's a, definitely a guy that this staff's going to want to add for sure. Yeah, and then and then of course the the obvious answer, kind of the cop out answer, you know, when you're in Sunday school and somebody calls on you, you know, Jesus is the answer. Well, and and when you're talking about anything recruited in 2023, Arch Manning's the answer right there, you know. So and the reason Arch Manning, a lot of people say, well, is it the competition level, all that kind of stuff, and and things like that. Here's the deal: when you got a guy that's as polished as he is, has the the pedigree that he does, and the markability that, that market ability that he does in this world of NIL and, and things like that and collectives for schools and stuff like that, it's kind of a high tide raises all boats scenario. And if you get an Arch Manning in there, Jed, it's a lot more than just a, a true freshman coming in. It's a whole, it's a whole marketing campaign donation campaign. It, yeah. It's, it's a lot that comes with, with it. And that's why Arch Manning I feel is so important to this class for both Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, I thought I was going to, uh, you know, pull one out of my hat with saying Arch Manning for one of my three, but I guess you stole that one from me. So um, in the interest of mixing it up, I'll say I think Georgia needs a, a top flight receiver. I don't know how likely it is that Georgia ends up getting a, you know, Brandon Ennis, a Santana Fleming, Kyler Casper, any of those guys. I think the staff is obviously going to work really hard with those guys and try to land one. I, I'm not. I don't know how personally likely it is at this point, but there are. Brandon Ennis is a big shot in the arm with Bre- uh, Brian McClendon having come true. on board. That's very true. Right, 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 right. Um, Janelle Aguero, Aguero is another one. Um, out of well, he was at IMG and has now gone back to Massachusetts. Similar to, you know, he's, he's a very athletic defensive back like Caleb Bounds. I think he would project maybe more as a, a star, maybe. Um, and then. I think, you know, any one of these, you know, a top flight edge rusher, because Nolan Smith and Robert Beale are both going to be gone um, after next year. So whether it's Jaden Wayne, uh, Gabriel Harris out of Thomas County Central um, is another guy to Marion Parker. Uh, I mean, there's guys, I mean, Hunter Osborne, if you want to move him, there's a lot of edge guys out there. So I think any one of those top flight guys is going to be a necessity for the staff as well. Let me tell you something with Quay Russo, right? Uh, he goes by Jaquavius Russo or Quay Russo. He's out of Carver in, in, in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. He's a guy that when you talk about, he's got the, the ability. They, they're looking at him at in, they were looking at him at inside as of a couple of months ago, kind of exclusively. But now with Uzo Deribe having come on, they're kind of mixing it up. And he, he they're talking to him about whether he, he could be an edge guy, he could be an inside guy. Just telling you with the strength and the the metrics that he's putting out in, in the in the weight room and, and things like that and his speed, I think Quay Russo, no matter where he goes, whether it's Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, wherever, he's going to be a guy, Jed, that you look back three, four years from now when he's in the combine and you're it's going to be blown away. I don't care how highly he ends up getting ranked. I think he'll be under underranked because uh, he is that kind of freak athlete. He's a guy that takes over ball games, and I think uh, he's going to have a, a tremendous year. Kirby Smart went and saw him play basketball uh, during the contact period earlier this year. He's already visited Georgia uh, in the calendar year of 2022, so saw a name to, to kind of keep in mind as well. All right, moving right along, uh, kind of piggybacking off of what you said there, Jed, what – does our edge board 
look like right now. Piers Malik Bryant may not be as large of a priority as he once was. So Tamar and Parker, we know we've talked about him. Uh, you've you've covered him a lot. I've spoken to him recently. Uh, Jaden Wayne from all the way up in uh, all the way up in uh, Washington State uh, from Tacoma. There, Georgia's Georgia's trying really hard to to get back in things with him. Uh, any other edge guys that kind of come to mind? Uh, Malik Bryant, you know, Malik Bryant, I think uh, he, he, he visited Florida recently. Uh, an offensive lineman, Peyton Kirtland did. I think Florida's got a, a kind of a, a strong foothold in those, both of those recruitments, but we'll see, uh, see how that goes going forward. I'm not sure that size, size is going to be, too big of an issue there. Malik Bryant's an extremely good athlete. But, Jed, are there any other edge guys that maybe come to mind that you think are high up on the board for Georgia? Yeah, there's Gabriel Harris, um, which when I spoke with him at oh, the yeah. Under Armour camp, he said Uzo Deribe is talking with him every day. Um, he seems to really like Georgia. He was supposed to visit um, early in March. I um, might have forgotten to call him earlier this afternoon. There's um, there's Nicholas Harbor, which is another guy. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of guys that are going to blow up the combine, I mean, what is that kid going to do? Um, yeah, Nicholas Nichols Harbor. Nicholas Harbor. He may not ever see. The, he may end up deciding he just wants to run track in the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, because that, that's that's how fast that guy is. It's unbelievable. Um, you know the the speeds he's able able to run at, but. Yeah, they, there's a lot of options out there, and they, and there's new ones developing. Uh, Jed, honestly, you know that with Uzo Deribe uh, having come on as a whole new crop of uh, that, there was some offers going out there. Like uh, mm-hmm. by uh, by Job uh, mm-hmm. is is another one out there um, from Norman, Oklahoma. That because of uh, Uzo Deribe being his time involved in the Big Twelve, now Georgia has a foothold with some of those prospects that were big more big 12 centric type recruits but by job is a guy's six foot four 215 pounds real long athletic rangy so uh guys like that that they're going to be be looking after as well absolutely there is oh man i'm i'm gonna butcher this kid's name collins his last name starts with like i i don't want to butcher collins something um has been in contact with uzo deribe um there's a guy named quincy rhodes an edge rusher that's committed to Arkansas. Uzo Deribe has been in contact with him. Um, so, like you said, a new position coach comes in, and there's a new, not necessarily a new wave, but there's new guys that come on the radar that have had relationships with that position coach before. And obviously with Uzo Deribe, I mean, I, I wrote that story on a few weeks ago, right, all those new offers going out. And as time goes on, we'll see how many of those offers end up, end up, um, you know, end up coming in Athens. And, we think of think of CJ Madden, right? At this time last last year, nobody knew who CJ Madden was. He was either committed to Colorado or was going to be committed to Colorado shortly, and then obviously decommits in June and, and ends up in Athens. So it's going to be something to watch as he as he firmly establishes himself at Athens, keeps building those relationships with those guys he knew from before to see if any of those guys end up uh, following him over to Athens. No doubt, and and even a guy like a like a Wit Wit Weeks uh, from Oconee County that that he's a true inside linebacker type guy, but he's a guy who's played edge and in certain you know how Georgia does in different sub packages, right? They they're all about getting the best athlete on the field, so it could be a deal where they have you know three inside linebackers if it's a guy who can run like a Channing Tindall who just put down a four four seven, you know what I'm saying? So that it, it's it's very different. It's all about the sub patches package is all about the matchups uh so georgia has a lot of options there on the edge board and we hope we covered 
good many of those there for you. What's up, dog? Dog's still the favorite for Arch Manning. Um, I mean, if <laughs> if we knew a hundred percent, we Jed and I could both like make we could both leverage that for a lot of money. Like it would it would be a, it would be a key piece of information that that everybody would be looking for. Jed, the more I talk about this with 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 people who are either close to the situation or trusted um, sources of ours. It seems like no matter how hard Ole Miss uh, is trying to get in, Florida, LSU are trying to get in, this is this is going to come down to uh, Georgia, Alabama, and Texas. And I would say right now it's in that order, Georgia, Alabama, and Texas, and how this recruit, recruitment's lining up. Should we ask Calvin Ridley what the odds are in this yeah. recruitment? <laughs> what's you know? the line, what's right. the line that's, on Arch? That's, <laughs> that's, that's too soon. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, Texas – those are the three that have kind of been constant, like Clemson was in and out, and then Ole Miss was in and out, and there have been other schools, but Georgia, Alabama, and Texas have always kind of been those three. Um, so there's still a long way to go. We've talked before, Arch isn't going to commit until later in the summer, early in the fall, which leaves a lot of time for officials and other – I don't think Arch Manning would follow any commits necessarily, but he could get a better idea of what the potential rosters would look like at places and – all that kind of stuff. So there's still a long way to go, but it's definitely, I think, going to be uh, between those three, unless something really unexpected happens and, and some somebody makes a late crazy charge, which I don't think is going to happen. Oh, yeah, and I'm fascinated to see what happens with Nico Iamaliva uh, in, right. in, in April, in April, May, whenever he ends up pulling the trigger, because to me it's like a game of poker, right? And there's a bluff out there for all these teams right now that that say they're really in it for for Arch Manning, right? Uh they're 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 seeing if they're playing Texas Hold'em, they're seeing the flop, right? <laughs> but when it comes down to it and it starts checking around, we're gonna see who 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 stays in the hand and who folds when when Nico I'm uh, I'm Aliva commits somewhere because if they're taking if someone's taking that commitment, you knew that they weren't really in it for Arch Manning anyways. And if other people are it gets out there they're they're really trying to get uh, Nico, then you know that they're not in it for for Arch as well. So it's going to be a determining uh, factor, a big domino that that goes down in this class. I think it'll be fascinating, fascinating to watch. But when it comes down to it, uh, Arch Manning, you know, some people have said in the chat over here, it's not just because of his name. I agree. I think his skill set, everything like that, makes him someone that that uh, is is a is a program changer and a guy that you got to have. Uh, have in there if you've been this invested in them and uh, you know Buster Faulkner Todd Munkin both been very consistent uh, in this in this recruitment including some uh, some some staff members uh, some guys who are quality control coaches and stuff like that that have been consistently hitting him up as well so it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see it play out Jed and uh, we'll we'll see see who has the the guts to to you know stay in it and because uh, there is a chance if you don't if you don't get it uh, it follows up with this question right here. What is the fallback plan at quarterback if you miss on Arch Manning? So, Jed, when it, when it comes down to it, they Nico, I, Imaliva, and Arch Manning have kind of been the two that George has been most heavily invested in. I know they talked to Marcel Reed uh, early on. He was, they were doing some some uh, heavy zoomings with him. But what's mm-hmm. your opinion? I mean, if if they miss out on Arch Manning, do you think it just totally – 
back to zero drawing board and maybe go try to recruit uh, some guys that are already committed elsewhere? Or what What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's it's like you said, Nico Iamaliva can't really be a fallback option because he's already going to be gone by the time Arch Manning commits. So, I mean, Dylan Lonergan is, is – Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Lonergan, and, and he's a guy that plays two sports. Right, and, you know, he's obviously got baseball as an option. That's something that's going to have to be sorted out too. Um, there's Dante Moore, who I believe is in Detroit. Yeah, um, Michigan. Not, yeah. not too long ago. Um, but, I mean, Blaine, is it – I mean, I'll, I'll get your opinion on this. Do you think it's a certainty that Georgia even necessarily takes a quarterback in this class? If they don't uh, get they, it I mean, unless they had a slam dunk that knew they were going to have to get somebody from the transfer reporter. But now in today's game, I think you got to take one every class. Um, Christopher uh, Vizinha is a guy, a yeah. guy from uh, Birmingham, Alabama, that they've been um, they've been in contact with and offered not too long ago. So kind of getting that that you know relationship going there, I guess, is more of a a backup plan. You got Malachi Singleton, who's in the in state as well for North Cobb, mm-hmm. more of a more of a run first uh, type quarter, quarterback. I know that he would probably take a little exception to that, but the dude is built like a bowling ball. I mean, he just absolutely he's, he got a powerful lower half. Uh, he throws the ball extremely well. Is you know has a strong arm as well. But uh, Malachi Singleton definitely uh, more of a dual threat quarterback in in, in my opinion, but. Those would be the kind of guys that that you're looking at after after that. Uh, Marcel Reed is definitely someone that I'm a lot higher on than than his his ranking because he plays in a pro style system. Uh, he he actually takes snaps from under center, which even though you only may do it, you know, twenty percent of the time or something at, at Georgia, having had that in your background, Jed, that is a big positive. Uh, just to be able to do that, know how to take drops, know how to do play action fakes, all that kind of stuff, how to you know handoffs, all that kind of stuff from under center. Uh, that's just one less thing you have to learn and adjust to. I think Marcel Reed is the type of guy. He's got game changing speed. has a has a has a great uh, great arm. Um, He's being recruited heavily by a lot of a lot of SEC and ACC schools, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens if that does. But I, I think that uh, you know Arch Manning is it's Arch Manning or bust right now for this uh, Georgia staff. So then uh, they'll get to they'll get to Plan B when Plan B, like Kirby Smart once famously said, the plan is there is no plan. You know, so that uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. And that was famously of a quarterback situation in itself. So old Green Timber, Jed, what's what's Green Timber got for us? Green Timber says, seems like we let Webb, as in Trayon Webb, explore his options. I know we're all in on um, Ruben Owens and Justice Haynes. Is there a plan C now that Webb is looking somewhere else? Well, I mean, Richard Young is a guy that I think Georgia will always try to get back into the fold, and hopefully this uh, video doesn't uh, – play real loud on this ad because i'm going to put uh some uh some film of a running back that i think georgia uh could get in on here i'm going to share it on the screen but richard young is a guy that obviously i think that they're going to be um in on even though he's been mostly uh you know looking looking elsewhere at this point but i'm going to go ahead and share uh this this is jamarian wilcox who plays at south paulding with madden sanker jamarian wilcox is starting to get some attention from Ohio State, uh, Virginia Tech, Louisville, all of these type of schools. And he's a guy who didn't didn't have a lot of offers early, but uh, Jed, Jamar Wilcox runs with 
with some grit about him. Uh, he has enough breakaway speed, as you saw right there. Good vision. Um, this keeps his legs churning. And he's a guy that that Kirby Smart uh, visited, not him, but visited his school and his coaching staff back in, in January during the contact period um, with Madden Sinker there as well. And sometimes that's the way it, way it happens, Jed. You go in to look at one guy – and then another another kind of pops off the screen when you're starting to look at look at uh, talent. Jamar and Wilcox, I think, could could end up being that guy. He's going to be a late riser in this class. Yeah, that definitely wouldn't hurt uh, in the recruitment of Madden Sanker either. But I mean, there's guys, Andrew Paul. I mean, when remember when George offered Andrew Paul, and we're trying to figure out who is this kid. And one of his coaches told me about halfway three quarters through the year, he just figured out something clicked for him, and he exploded onto the scene. And he visited, obviously, committed to Georgia, visited Michigan, and I believe Clemson in that last month. So these running backs, I mean, a, a big camps, big camp circuit, a big senior season can really um, explode them onto the scene. Jamari Wilcox, perfect, perfect example. There's a guy named um, Cedric Baxter down in, I believe, Orlando, who really rose up um, in the rivals rankings the last release. He's a guy that could be a name to watch. I mean, um, but like you said, Owens and Haynes, those are, I mean, if, if Georgia lands both of them, then it, doesn't really matter what plan C is because you've got two of the best running backs in the country. So I think that is the plan for the Georgia staff. And then if, if one, one, or I don't think both of those, I think Georgia gets at least one of those guys, but if one or both goes elsewhere, then the staff will uh, sort of assess their options and see where they're at. No doubt. No doubt. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And then two, uh, if they were to strike out on one of those guys, either Haynes or Owens, you know, transfer portal, I think could be, could right. be heavily in right. play as well. Um, I'll dog 34 at this moment is Caleb Downs the most important recruit in the class for UGA I'm of the opinion and this all comes from talking to trainers talking to coaches uh, at high schools and things like that even though Georgia's won a national national championship even though uh, things worked out this year I think a lot of these guys are still looking to see what's going to happen at the quarterback position for Georgia going forward. So in my opinion, I think it's despite Georgia winning in a tremendous fashion with, with a elite defense, that's going to dominate the NFL draft this year. I think Arch Manning is the most important uh, recruit in the class. Caleb Downs wouldn't be far behind. Uh, Justice Haynes wouldn't be far behind. Um, and then of course the, the lines of lines of scrimmage always are very important, Jed, but, you know, it's, I think he may be the most important defensive player, either Caleb Downs or Quay, Quay Rousseau, in my opinion. Yeah, I could see that. I would, I mean, Caleb Downs, especially in this class, or when you look at this class, Georgia just signed, because there's really not necessarily a, a true, pure safety. I mean, Malachi Starks could probably play there, Corey Thomas. Um, but I mean, like we were talking about a minute ago, Caleb Downs is so just a natural fit at that safety position. He would, he is huge to bring in this class. And again, I hate to say it, but I mean, Brandon Ennis is a guy, if Georgia lands that number one receiver and going forward, if he produces in Athens, that could kind of lift the veil or, or hex or whatever you want to call it uh, with Georgia trying to get these top receivers. But I think Caleb Downs is probably more realistic maybe for Georgia at this point. But um, yeah, like I said, Arch Manning is really the one that's going to stir the drink offensively and defensively, I think. And two, when you mentioned Brandon Ennis, you know, it's time for a Georgia wide receiver coach to kind of 
break the curse, I guess, for the last right. couple of years of uh, not being able to to pull in the, the big fish. I guess George Pickens being the the last really big one. Uh, when you talk about a bona fide five star that that everybody was clamoring over, things like that. So uh, that would be huge for uh, BMAC to kind of get that going early on in his uh, second tenure here with with UGA. All right, what's what's Big Dog saying over here, Jed? Yeah, currently, what are our chances of getting either or both class of 2023 prospects, wide receiver Brandon Ennis and cornerback A.J. Harris? Well, we just talked about Ennis a good bit. I think Ennis is, you know, he, he whether it's USC, uh, Alabama, Georgia, Miami, there's so many people still involved in this recruitment. It'll be one that'll last all the way through till December. Um, so I think we got a while to go off off that. We just talked about him. You you're more in tune with kind of what's been going on with AJ Harris, things like that. Uh, give everybody an update on AJ. Yeah, he was planning a commitment in January. He backed off. There was obviously a lot of coaching turnover in the in the football coaching world. Um, Georgia is not really up at the top right now. They're behind. You know, there's Ohio State. There's Cincinnati with Kerry Coombs is is really got his attention. Um, Alabama. Florida, Florida with Corey Raymond has really got his attention. So Georgia isn't really up there with AJ Harris at the moment. If he would, if he ends up coming on a visit and, you know, really starts sparking that relationship with Fran Brown, things could obviously change. Um, but right now Georgia doesn't really, um, they're not really in there much. Um, I mean, obviously the staff hasn't given up on him. I don't think by any means, but Georgia isn't really one of the, uh, the, the top schools for AJ Harris at this point. Oh uh, no, no doubt, uh, no doubt. It's uh, I think it's it's very competitive. Uh, it's it's there's there's a lot going on uh, behind the scenes as well with all these collectives and and nil opportunities and and things like that. And guys are thinking about early playing time, so you never know. But uh, I'm sure Georgia will not lose contact with AJ. Of course, he's been there several mm-hmm. times, but I think there's some work to do in that in that area as of now. And Scuffle Town, uh, we talked about the Scuffle Town dog. He said, "Hello, who do you think that we have uh, for running backs that we stand a good chance with?" I mean, Ju- Justice Haynes and Ruben Owens are by far and away, I believe, the top two targets. They, I mean, in terms of guys that that are looking like a possibility to sign at this moment, I would then rank Richard Young in behind that, and then Trayon Webb uh, somewhere by, somewhere behind him. And then looking at guys like the Cedric Baxters and the Jamar and Wilcoxes after him, as we just talked about. But I think that's kind of how things stand there at uh, in terms of the running back position. So, what do you talk? What do you think, uh, Jed? You know, going forward this next week, we've got visits coming up, things like that. What are some kind of tidbits we can leave leave people with here as we're uh, as we're getting ready to to have these visits ramp up and spring ball going and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, spring practice starts next Tuesday. Um, so we'll be having things come out about that. Well, I think more recruits will be coming in during the middle of the weeks and trying to catch spring pra- pra- actual practices during those times. So we'll keep you updated on that. I think we, we were talking about this earlier, Blaine, March 19th is kind of that um, the, the weekend that's really kind of starting to be circled as the big recruiting weekend this month. I think um, Tony Mitchell is going to be there. Tamari and Parker is going to be there. Yeah, That's going to be, I think, the big weekend um, of this month, which is obviously not this weekend, but next. So, you know, they'll be able to kick back in Athens and uh, watch their brackets fall apart and 
you know, get the get the full experience in Athens. So we'll see. We'll obviously have all the reaction coming out from those guys after that. And, and that'll be big because for a lot of those guys, it'll be meeting the coaching, the new coaches anyway, for, um, you know, in person for the first time. So uh, we'll have all of the reactions coming about coming out about that. And we'll be putting together a list as we figure out who's coming into town when and things like that over on UGASports.com. So make sure you subscribe. If you don't subscribe to the YouTube channel, that's free. Subscribing to uh, UGASports.com is not. Uh, it costs you a little bit, but I promise uh, it'll be be worth your time. You get it at a discounted rate to start off with as well. So uh, join UGASports.com. Subscribe to us on here. Hit that like button, and uh, we will catch you guys next time on another edition of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. Mm-hmm.